for myself, this idea of 2% or 30 minutes every day, when I really locked that in for myself, it gave me some clarity and confidence to at least know what to do on the busiest of days. I tell people I'm not living a busy life, but I am living a full life. Busy implies that, well, for me, I used to wear a badge. Hey, ask me how busy I am. I can't wait to tell you, right? And it was really my ego that was driving that, right? I wanted to appear to be more than I believed I was. And it was driving a lot of my decisions and how I show up, how I'd engage with people, even how I would move my body. The types of workouts I would do was heavily influenced based on the image I wanted to be perceived as. And so this idea of 30 minutes a day was really freeing for me because no matter the busiest days, I could still prioritize some self-care for myself. Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran Karina Belizzi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet. Welcome to another interview episode of Nutrition Without Compromise. Today, I'm thrilled to bring to you a fellow health enthusiast and friend, Guy Manuel. Dai is on a mission to inspire and positively impact 1 million role models across the globe. As an award-winning thought leader and author, he leads by example, staying true to his core values, what I'm calling the five Fs, fitness, family, faith, finances, and fun. His story is one so many of you will resonate with. As someone who struggled with health challenges earlier in his life and who now has really come out to be the picture of health itself. He focuses on inspiring us all to push through those tough times when the struggling and the juggling of all of life's challenges seems to just make life hard so that we can ultimately reach our best and achieve holistic health. Before I bring him up, I just want to remind you all that this podcast is here as a resource to educate, inform, and even entertain it is not intended to treat or diagnose or cure any ailments. There is no patient-provider relationship established between myself and you, nor our guests like Di Manuel. So with that out of the way, I'll bring him right up. Di, welcome to the show. Woo! <laughs> it's so excellent to be here. Thank you. Somehow I knew to expect some hand gestures. Yeah, yeah, totally. The little bullhorns or whatever, you know. It's a, <laughs> a lot of people don't know this about me, but my grandparents were deaf mutes. And so from an early age, from like age four, we started learning sign language. And so it, everything's about the hands, right? It's all about the hands. Well, my excuse is being Italian, so. Ah, yes, there you go. <laughs> hand talking. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I know that when we got our start with the intro, I alluded to the fact that you struggled with health earlier on. And given that this show is all focused on nutrition and health, I'd love to offer you the opportunity to really just share that backstory and really how you've got to the place that you are today. Well, being that I'm 47 years young, we got a lot of ground to cover. But uh, you know, <laughs> besides completely dating myself, I was an 80s kid. And I was born in 76, but the challenges really started to come about in 1985, 86. So I was about nine and 10 years old when some new habits started to take over. And they weren't necessarily healthy habits because a lot of people that meet me now or have known me for the last 30 years working in the health and wellness industries, especially a big part of that being in the fitness space, they just presume you've just always been healthy. You know, like you, you've always been this way, haven't you? Probably came out of your mom's womb as a, you know, with a six pack. I'm like, dude. What are you talking about? No, no, I'm actually the furthest from that. And I want people to understand this. Like, 
Yeah, well, we came from the era of big gulp. Big gulps? Oh my God. 64 ounces of sugar water to start your summer days. And even back then, remember, they didn't, the big gulps weren't even that big. I think like 32 ounces was the biggest you could have. So now it's like ginormous gulp, right? I know, the super extra big gulp or something like that. Yeah. Like, how much more sugar can I fit in the cup? Right. And, anyways, <laughs> but to your point, I was dealing with some emotional challenges at age nine. You know, up to age nine, life I thought was perfect. I mean, I had no issues to worry about. I being completely transparent, I was raised in a very privileged environment. You know, I never went wanting anything. But if I'm honest, you know, there was probably some emotional support I was hungry for. And when my parents ultimately separated and then divorced right around age nine and 10, it sort of put me into this emotional turmoil because my mom now was doubling up on her work. She also wanted to go back to school to level up her education, get her master's degree so she could, again, further her career so she could better support my brother and I because she was really the main person raising us. We'd see my dad every other weekend, didn't have the strongest relationship with him. We loved each other, but never communicated. That. And my dad was someone that didn't emote very much. He was born in 1944, grew up, he can remember his parents saying, I love you like one time to him in his entire adult life, you know? And, and so he's just perpetuating that. He was doing the best that he could with what he had and how he'd been brought up. And uh, long and short of this story is I learned very quickly I can manipulate my emotional state with food and certain activities. Now, it wasn't like I was sitting around saying, hey, can you pass me some more salad, please? Yeah, like that was words that you would never hear come <laughs> out of my 10-year-old mouth. But I would simply fill my mouth with foods that created a very quick energy response. And so glycemic spike that we get, that blood sugar spike we get when we eat sugary, highly processed foods, I loved it. Because in the moment, I could distract myself from the world around me and just focus on that emotion that that food created in me. And then I would compound with some of this dopamine, right? And these nice little endorphin highs that I would get from the food or lack of nutritional food, but very high in calorie food. I played video games and watched movies, very passive. Listen, we don't need to be nutritionists or dietitians to know that if you did that repeatedly day after day, multiple times and for time, <laughs> it's not gonna lead you to a very healthy place. And sure enough, by age 15, I'm at the doctor's with my mom, Dr. Quinn, not medicine man or medicine woman, you know, like Dr. Quinn show, but Dr. Quinn, I just remember him pulling my mom outside the office and he left the door ajar. And I swear he did this on purpose because he knew I was listening. Betty Ann dies morbidly obese. And at the time I didn't understand what morbidly meant, nor did I understand what obese meant, but I knew how I felt inside and I knew it wasn't a good thing. And sure enough, I didn't make any changes at that moment because I wasn't ready to make changes. Even though my mom was trying to encourage me, my dad was trying to encourage me, I had friends trying to encourage me to be more active, to make healthy habit changes. But every time somebody suggested something like, hey, have you thought about doing this? Or you should try this. Every time I heard somebody say that to me, instantly I'd get triggered, I'd lash out, I'd get angry. And ultimately it was because internally I felt like you were just telling me I'm not enough as I am. Or they're also coming from a superior place. And there is that. Sure. That's a very valid point. For them, I know that it was coming from a kindness place, though. They were trying to help me because they saw that I was hurting. But I myself wasn't wanting to make any changes. I thought everything was okay, even though it was not okay. You know, I'd walk into rooms, I'd hear the snickering, I'd see people look and then look back to each other and just sort of see the whispering. And I mean, high school was horrible, you know, like just really, really hard those early years, grade eight, grade nine, especially. And I got to age 15 and it's the weirdest thing because it wasn't like it was a bunch of things that happened all at once. It was just one thing at the right time and the right result then followed this one thing. 
I was at my dad's place one weekend. And uh, like I said, we'd see him every other weekend. My dad was very quick to give into what my brother and I wanted. We'd have the cupboards full of snack foods and not healthy snacks, by the way. We're, we're talking like you get the big jumbo chocolate bars from Costco. You get the Costco cake muffins, right? Like, the, you know, the muffins I'm talking about, <laughs> like 1500 calories in one of these little muffins. They're not so little. They look like a, a, a cake. And yeah, they're the size of your head. <laughs> they are. They are. And I'd eat a couple in a sitting, easy peasy. So, and you'd also rent, we'd, back in the day when you'd rent video game consoles, you know, we'd rent a video game console, we'd go to the video store, we'd get all the movie deals, and we'd basically sit in front of the TV for the weekend. And that was normal. Yeah. And of our era, that was our babysitter. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm also 47. It's like, how did your parents get things done? Well, you were either left to your own devices outside and you weren't basically allowed indoors or you hold indoors and all you did was watch TV or play video games. And that was what really got blockbuster video to go like gangbusters for a while, because what would you do? You'd go on a Friday evening, check out a bunch of stuff and then bring it back three days later. That was lifestyle. It was. And uh, our blockbuster was right beside a pizza pizza, which is a pizza joint here in, in Canada. <laughs> and so, of course, if you did the walk-in special, you get two mediums for like nine ninety nine. Now, of course, we'd each get two medium. Like I just when I think back on this, it was just remarkable the amount of food I could put in me. And um and sure enough, this one day at my dad's place, I'm, I'm having a shower. And this is hard to admit at times, but I would literally go into the shower. And before I would get out, I would turn the water on extra hot. Not to burn myself, but because it would create so much condensation that by the time I would exit the shower, the mirror would be covered in condensation, It'd be all clouded up. And this is my way of avoiding looking at myself, especially without my clothes on. And this is really systemic because I would avoid mirrors. I mean, there's like one photo of me at age 14 that I have to even be able to share with people to show like, no, 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 I really was this way because people just, they don't believe it. And sure enough, I had this moment because my dad was rushing me to get out of the shower because he had some place he had to get my brother and I, and we we're under a timeline. And so I hopped out of the shower without doing my hack. And I'm trying to towel off, you know, and I'm turning so profile view to the mirror and I'm trying not to look at myself. But sure enough, for some reason, I turned and locked eyes. And the next thing that happened, I started to do the gaze by looking down, going to my chest and seeing these moves and then going down to my protruding belly, which at the time was like a, it was a 46 inch, you know, on a kid that time, which was like 5'8". You know, it was very, very, my BMI was in the 40th percentile in the 40s. And uh I didn't need to be told I was unhealthy. I knew I was unhealthy because I had to deal with everything in my life felt hard. And sure enough, by the time I got my gaze up, I had to towel off my chest again because it was like Niagara Falls, just this ugly, ugly cry. You, you know, the cathartic sort of sobbing that just releases a vast amount of emotions. And I just bawled for, I, I don't even know how long. I sort of lost track of time. But I came to this moment where I was just like, I don't want to be like this. Anymore. You know, I want to keep me. Now, I had no idea how to, like, but I wasn't concerned about that. I just knew I didn't want to feel like this anymore. I was 15. I knew that if I didn't make a change that day and start making some consistent changes, that by the time I'm 20, it ain't going to get any better. I'll probably be in a worse place. And I imagine it'll be even harder to make changes. And to be fair, I made the changes based on fear initially. I was afraid of my potential future that I was looking at if I didn't make some changes. And then later on, it became something that was not quite so fearful, actually more intentional and less reactionary, but more pro-action. But that didn't come till later. But initially, I got out of the shower and I went and found my dad after I put some clothes on. I'm like, Dad, I don't want to be like this anymore. And I remember holding the rolls of my belly over my pants and just, I don't want to be like this anymore. I want to be healthy. And my dad, his eyes blew up like this. He's like, wait a minute. 
wait, 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 what did you say? <laughs> you know, he's like, wait, this is coming from you. Cause up to that point, they're just trying to encourage, hey, we can take you to, we'll get you a dietitian or nutritionist. My mom was an RN, she had all these connections. My dad was like, I'll pay for a gym membership. We'll get you into our martial arts classes. Like, so they were constantly trying to get me to do things. But this is the first time I said, I want to do this for me. Yeah. And it has to start with what you're putting into your body, which is, I think, something that's very hard to hear at that age when the crutches, as you already described them, were the things that made you feel better in the moment. But there's two things that I wanted to talk about as bridges from this. One is that when you are in a space of what was for you childhood obesity, you're setting the stage for worsening health throughout your 20s, 30s, 40s and beyond. Also, because of how fat cells work, you you have a finite number of them, so to speak. But then if you get past a certain threshold and all those gas tanks are full, you actually start to build new fat cells and then fill them up. This actually affects both your metabolic health and how slow your metabolism is at the same time that it will make you feel less full. So it's like all this stuff is happening to make you want to eat more now. So you're having to force yourself into a situation where you move away from food addiction without really knowing what food addiction is at that particular moment in time. But if you don't tackle it then, and early enough, then this is almost a recipe for alcoholism later in life too, because it's a sugar addiction that then translates to an alcohol sugar addiction and sometimes goes back to sugar if people quit drinking. <laughs> so, so I wonder if you have any thoughts on this or how you were able to achieve those kind of first hurdles, like actually get over the first hurdle of accepting yourself at that moment for how you actually were and then build the plan to go beyond it? Well, it wasn't that structured to start with, <laughs> nor did I have that sort of thought process, if you will. But I knew I wanted to make some changes. And I remember my dad asked me, well, how can I help? How can I basically support you with this? And, and I said, well, I remember when I was younger, like at that time, you know, I'm 15 years old. I remember when I was little, dad, you know, I used to love riding my bike. And I was like, can we get me a bike? And he's like, yeah, I would get you a bike. And we literally went out that afternoon you know, after we did those errands in the morning, we stopped at a bike shower and we got me a bike. Came home with that bike that day and I went out for my first ride. Didn't go very far. I went out for about 20 minutes, but it was 20 minutes more than I'd done in the previous five years, you know? And I felt it. I could tell that I'd really work. I'm a natural person that just sweats a lot anyways. I still sweat profusely. It's, it's like the ongoing joke at the gym that I coach and train at. It's like, wow, Di's been here. Look at Lake Moose. They call me Coach Moose. And uh, <laughs> there's always a little lake that I got to mop up after. And I just tell them it's efficiency of metabolism. And this is how my body keeps myself cool. Anyways, but either way, I sweat profusely. So back then, I was still a sweater. And I remember coming back and my clothes were just drenched. And I felt great. I felt like I'd done something for me. And I just committed to myself. I, every day I'd go up for a little bike ride. And after about a week, I noticed some changes very quickly. I just noticed I just started to feel better. I started to feel a bit more confident because I was doing something that was feeding me with the right endorphins. But I also knew that I had to change the way I was eating. I had no idea how to do that. So I went to the library, books out <laughs> on nutrition. I got some fitness books out. There were some magazines I was able to get. And uh, my kids, you know, they still laugh. I'm like, Dad. Why don't you just Google it? I'm like, dude, what are you guys talking about? I'm older than Google. <laughs> you know, and they're like, what? Older than TV too? You know, and how kids can be, right? And so it was rather humorous, but that's what I did. I just started to devour information to try to learn. And then I just started to eat a little bit differently. I noticed that further this energy to then continue to do the exercise, but also to increase the intensity because I felt more energetic, less tired, less lethargy less wanting to just sit on the couch and chill, you know? 
And that very quickly, you know, it took, I shouldn't say very quickly, it was about 20 months of this consistently being done. And then I eventually just released all that weight, which also I had retarded my my hormones, obviously, based on that inactivity and the way I was eating, you know, so I was late to come to puberty as a result of some of the things I wasn't doing for myself or myself. But as soon as I started to write that shit, puberty kicked in, which then helped me further accelerate this transformation. And I like to let people know that because I released quite a bit of weight, but I also in the time put on some muscle mass. And I also grew, you know, from that five, eight position to six, one. And so all these things, factors happen, but had I not made those changes again, I may never have hit puberty in that way. I would have continued to have probably depressed testosterone levels and things would have been very different. Yeah. Because that amount of extra fat for you would bring your estrogen levels to a higher percentage of the overall, which would slow the transformation. That's right. Really would. Yeah. Today you have obviously worked to lead by example. I've shared that in your intro, but you are, you're doing it. You started a podcast in November of 2023, just a few months ago. You're already at 52 episodes as we record this, which I find astounding. But as it stands, that show is called The 2% Solution, 30 Minutes to Transform Your Life. Why did you decide to start this show and what can listeners expect if they tune in? Oh, thank you. It's a great question. And, and I guess after 30 years of being in the fitness industry, especially, I've pretty much heard everything, you know, every possible excuse that someone could have for not doing something I've heard. And I've probably heard multiple times. And what I found was I understand what it's like to be in that place where it's easier to give excuses why we can't do something than actually admit that we can't. It's again, that path of least resistance, but it's often formed in habits and past decisions and just the way we've lived our life. You know, experientially speaking, it forms a lot of these belief systems. And so getting to a place where we actually have the self-belief that I can make changes, I can't be in control, I can get healthy. It's doable, but only if the mindset supports it, that we truly believe that we can change. And so my invitation to a lot of people, because most often the number one excuse I would hear, and there's actually two of them that were pretty close. One's around time. I don't have time, right? I don't have time to be, my life's too busy. Or especially with parents, oh, I got too many commitments with the kids. I got to get Tommy to, to piano. I got to get Susie to soccer practice. You know, like, oh, next few years, it's just all about the kids. I don't have time. And I'm like, do your kids ever hear you say this? <laughs> yeah, because you're basically telling the kids, you're the reason I'm unhealthy. <laughs> like, that is really what you're saying, you know, and I'm not trying to be confrontational here or, or antagonistic, but we have to look at the words that we use to communicate to ourselves and how we justify things in our mind to say things are okay, to let ourselves off the hook, so to speak, you know, accountability wise. And so that's one. But then the time piece is the real piece that I always used to, to get really frustrated with. But today it's actually awesome because we have these beautiful little devices called smartphones or smart watches, but I love the phones <laughs> because they have these screen trackers now that will tell you every day how much time you spend on every app. And now this is just for your phone. We're not talking about computer monitors. We're not talking about the TVs, your iPads, your e-readers. We have lots of screen time every day. And so now I'm able to like, I just tell people, it's like, well, listen, can you give me 2% of every 24 hours to prioritize your health, your self-care, whether it's focused personal or professional development? Do you think you can give me 2% of every 24 hours to prioritize you? People are like, hmm. Sheesh, let me think about it. So 2%. So every 24 hours is 100%. And I give you 2% of that for me to make myself healthier and feel better and happier. And, and just, yeah, 
I can do that. And then I'm like, great. All right. So you're going to start 30 minutes a day. And they're like, oh, 30 minutes, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's so funny how people shift. So that's why I refer to it as the 2% solution versus like the 30 minute solution, because you'd be surprised how many people say, well, I don't have 30 minutes. And the thing is, when you present it like 2%, it seems so small and so insignificant out of the whole day. It's like, oh, I can do that. So it is, it's funny to see how we limit ourselves very quickly. Well, and even with going to the gym or something like that, because people say, well, I don't have like 90 minutes to go drive to the gym and go to the gym for an hour. I mean, you can start with a 20 minute workout and actually get some serious work done if you're targeted. And I mean, people just don't want to work that hard. And I get it too. I got a little lazy with my gym routine because, and I didn't realize this, but I've shared this on the podcast before, my gym had grown too much and it was always crowded. And so it got to the point where I was just irritated when I got there because I would not be able to keep my burn going. I prefer to lift weights as opposed to just sit there on a treadmill like a, you know, gerbil for an hour. So I like to go and do different things and I wouldn't be able to keep a flow going. And because of that, I just would get frustrated and I wouldn't get the workout in that I wanted. And so I stopped going. And so I got honest with that this fall. I was able to get a membership at a gym that is much nicer and much bigger. It turns out my insurance covers half of the fee. So it's the same price as what I was paying before, but for a much nicer place with a cold plunge and a sauna and the Olympic pool and all that. So if I want to turn it up and just change my workout routine, I can. And so just by going basically since December 1st to present, I've been able to drop 13 pounds. Congrats. Woo! The same time that I've put on about a pound of muscle. That's awesome. And so doing those two things at the same time is hard, especially, and you could say lots of excuses. I'm 47 years old. So putting on muscle at this age and this stage of my hormone development, I'm probably perimenopause. I don't have any symptoms yet, so I can't really tell you. But that age is common for women to start going through some changes and it becomes harder to lose weight. But by being honest with myself and identifying what the problem was, I was able to get to a place where I solved that pretty quickly. I'm enjoying my workouts again. This has gotten me into the kitchen a little bit more. I'm being more honest with the foods I'm eating. I'm logging my foods. I bought myself a smartwatch for Christmas. And so it's keeping me honest in that way too. I'm tracking my sleep and I'm able to be honest with myself about how well I'm sleeping now because it actually gives me a sleep score every night. So there are tools available in our tool sheds to help us on our journey. One of them could be your podcast and listening to it and getting these actionable tips that you can do with 30 minutes each day. Another could be doing something like having an accountability partner or getting a smartwatch or an app on your phone to help you track the foods and the exercise that you actually are doing so that you're clear with what you're actually doing, with how much water you're actually drinking, with what calories you're actually consuming so that you can actually achieve your goals. And for me, that means I have to eat more protein and it's hard for me to get enough protein every day because I'm mostly plant-based. So I'm logging it and I'm doing my shakes. And then as soon as I'm actually getting enough protein, I find that everything else kind of falls into place because I'm more sated, meaning I'm not hungry all the time. I'm able to retain my muscle and actually build more muscle. And generally speaking, if I'm getting enough protein, which is you know typically about point, like 0.8, 
percent, something like that, you know, per kilo. Yeah, per kilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, body weight or lean weight, I should say, you know, you want to feed the lean weight, not the whole body. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm generally, you know, trying to get 100 grams of protein a day. I'm not quite getting there, but I'm like around 90 most days. And so that is enabling me to achieve those health goals. At the same time, I do have a core set of supplements I take every day that help me to, to achieve that too, including, of course, my omegas from Orlo Nutrition. And I have a few that I really like that are outside of that scope too. So I wondered if you would share what's in your tool shed? Like, what do you use to help you achieve your health and fitness goals uh, in the day to day, whether it be foods that you run to or nutritive supplements? I'd just love to hear. Well, there's a few things. Thank you for asking that. Also, you know, congratulations. Those physical changes you've made, I know they don't happen simply by just thinking about it. And <laughs> universe, please give me this better body and health, right? Right. It's just, you got to do actions. You got to do the actions. You got to have frequency and consistency and proofs in the pudding. So congrats. That's awesome. And for myself, there's this idea of 2% or 30 minutes every day. When I really locked that in for myself, it gave me some clarity and confidence to at least know what to do on the busiest of days. I tell people I'm not living a busy life, but I am living a full life. Busy implies that for me, I used to wear a badge. Hey, ask me how busy I am. I can't wait to tell you, right? And it was really my ego that was driving that, right? I wanted to appear to be more than I believed I was. And it was driving a lot of my decisions and how I show up, how I'd engage with people, even how I would move my body. You know, the types of workouts I would do was heavily influenced based on the image I wanted to be perceived as. And so this idea of 30 minutes a day was really freeing for me because no matter the busiest days, I could still prioritize some self-care for myself. And so it's 15 minutes of movement with purpose, body weight based, calisthenic exercises. Everyone's got a body, so you've got the perfect gym already. Got enough room to put a towel on the floor. You've got enough room to do a workout. You do 15 minutes of movement with purpose, five minutes of mindful meditation to follow it up because I find it way easier to meditate and focus on my breath when I'm trying to bring my heart rate down, <laughs> you know? So I hear people say all the time, well, I'm meditating so hard. I'm like, well, trust me, try it after a workout. You'll probably start to get the hang of it. And then lastly, once you're primed and ready to receive, you know, you're hungry after those 20 minutes, fill your mind with something positive. Like, a, you know, listen to one of your podcasts, maybe a prime example of a great way to invest some time to plug in those inputs, because it's the inputs that infect the outputs. We're talking scientific method, especially. And so complementing all that is that's the basics for the body, mind, spirit. But then we got to talk about how do you fuel your body? Because that's every day, all day, not quite literally, it's not like you're feeding yourself all the time as waking to sleep. But it's something that we do very repetitively. It's not like a workout. We go to the gym, we might bang out a 20, 30 minute workout. Well, you're going to have three, four, five meals in a day, depending. I have some days where I train really heavy and I'll have like five meals that day because I'm trying to hit 3,500 calories. Lots of protein intake too. But the supplements, and this is where I love because I know this is a big belief system that you also support and have come to is supplements are meant to supplement. I sort of look at our lives, the big blocks, the cinder blocks that we make up our lives with, these houses, right? These, these lifestyles that we want to design for ourselves, but there's mortar that holds us together. But if that mortar erodes, oh boy, watch out, man. Those cinder blocks are going to be really <laughs> shaky. An earthquake comes through, a tsunami comes through, that big health crisis comes through. It's going to take down a wall, if not the whole house. And so supplementation is a way to augment and reinforce the mortar of the bricks of our lives. And that's how I look at supplementation. And so I use very, very specific ways to monitor. I work with a functional medicine practitioner and a naturopath. 
I do blood work a couple times a year to see where I'm at, hormonally speaking, et cetera. And I know I'm going off the deep end with this. No, it's good. I think it's good to test, don't guess. If you have access to these resources, you should use them. And full disclosure, about a decade ago, I was diagnosed with a chronic autoimmune condition. And I have to be very mindful of the inflammation in my body because when inflammation gets too high, oh boy, watch out. I, I start to develop these symptoms of the condition and, and it can floor me. You know, I was sick a couple of weeks ago and it would have been something that most people would bounce back in 24 hours. I was floored for a week and a half because I allowed my system to get to that place where I'd overdone things and I wasn't respecting the recovery. And to be perfectly transparent, I was also slacking on my nutrition protocols. So my favorite though, I love Orlo. Like it's just one, it's also because I am very mindful of the environment. I have two daughters and I know they're going to have kids one day and I'm fearful of the world for their kids and the kids next that follow that. And I know sustainability is key. And I think Orlo is one of the best products, especially when we talk about sustainability. And I know you can speak to this much better than I can, but that's something that I resonate with. I, I want to put my <laughs> dollars to that, you know, because that makes, I'm going to buy that kind of a product. I'm going to buy a mega supplement, period. I believe in that. I know it, it affects my inflammation markers drastically. And outside of that, there's a couple other more vitality and longevity based products, uh, things that really are surrounding mitochondrial health longevity, metab metabolic health. I use a product by a company named Peruse. One's called Cell Care. The other one, I forget what it's called, but it, it's really geared around energy and strengthening our cell membranes. And then outside of that, it's the typicals, you know? I'm a guy that's 47 year old. I use DHEA, you know, which is a precursor to testosterone. And it's been huge. It's naturally allowed my testosterone levels to get back up to a level of, like would be equivalent to me in my late 20s, early 30s. And so there's smart decisions like that. And then vitamin C, vitamin D3. I live in Canada, gray skies, six, seven months of the year. I need some D3, believe me. And there's a couple other little knickknacks, but I love protein supplementation as well because I can't eat enough food in a day, usually based on my calendar, my schedule. So I do like a couple shakes a day. I love it. I'm a shakeaholic. Okay. So uh, I will do that all day long. I just like the way they make me feel. You know, if I have a protein shake, I feel good and energized for the day. So I find that if I don't eat before noon and have anything that I start to really fall flat. Yes. I start my day with a protein shake, typically by around 10 in the morning or mid morning, then I feel like I'm doing really good. And I don't really need my next meal until the afternoon. And I'm not like bonking, so to speak. So it's just a healthy way to get the right kind of nutrition in your body. And so I'm not just surviving on coffee until two in the afternoon. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I'm the same way. That is my one vice. I stopped drinking alcohol about 15 years ago. So it was so interesting that you made that reference earlier in this conversation because I did have that challenge. But a lot of mine was psychological and emotional based, why I gravitated to alcohol. But I didn't really think about the physiological effect of actually the sugar and the alcohol that also triggered that part of the brain that I used to get triggered when I would eat certain foods. So it was all compounding, but that was a, a nasty habit for about 15 years that was really affecting me. I don't need to get into that story today, but I did do a TEDx talk if people are interested. I'll definitely link to that because I think people will be curious for sure. I was going to say though, something I've gotten into and it's really made a big difference is like performance coffees. And I know there's sort of a whole emerging market around this, but it's things around various neurological boosters, right? Like there's lots of different ways people are tapping into some of the, ah, you know, some of the mushrooms and the microdosing space. Yeah. And neural boost. And, and so I'm using a performance coffee called Unity and, and I've been loving it. It's got all these neural boosting benefits, but also I get my coffee fix and it's got some nice coconut oil in it. Like it's just that it, it's, uh, I've been starting my mornings with that and it's made a big difference. I've actually seen my daily caffeine intake go down as a result of that. 
Yeah, that's also a, a positive, though. I'm very appreciative of the interviews that we've hosted with Dr. William Lee, and he hasn't taken my coffee from me. <laughs> he has basically said, like, it's a powerful nutritional device because there's a lot of connection between caffeine from coffee and coffee in particular and things like a diminishing likelihood that you'll develop Alzheimer's later in life or other neurodegenerative diseases. I happen to have one representation of APOE4, which um, those with that representation are more likely to develop some of those neurodegenerative diseases. My grandmother succumbed to them ultimately and died in her 70s without really knowing much of anyone around her by the final days. So I'm on a personal mission to not have that be my reality. I will also say that just as a tool from my tool shed, something that I use in my marathoning days and also when I'm getting really serious about reaching my fighting weight is that I really love D-ribose in my coffee and that makes for an incredible treat. So I don't use it consistently in my coffee. I tend to drink my coffee with just a little bit of oat milk, like a splash of oat milk. But then if I'm getting ready to go to the gym, I'll take a teaspoon of D-ribose, put it in my coffee on the way to the gym, I'll drink that. And because D-ribose is sugar the way your muscles use it, I find that I get more out of my workouts when I have it. I will be able to lift more. I will feel like it's easier to do. And the same thing would occur for me when I was working on my time trials for miles and just trying to get my mile into the quickest span possible. I went from an eight-minute mile to a seven-minute mile with D-ribose being the only change. And so having this kind of experience of getting this space where I was never really an elite athlete, but I, I trained for and ran the Boston Marathon in 2009. So I've been through these big hurdles of preparing your body to run 26.2 without stopping. That's a a lot. I mean, I, I never slowed to a walk. I never stopped for 26.2 miles. And for somebody to do that in an uphill marathon, like at Boston, <laughs> you have to feel pretty good about yourself in the end. Oh, it's a, a huge accomplishment. Huge. Yeah. And so I, I just think overall, people need to understand that there, there are things that can help you to push the envelope that are not hard and they're not unpleasant. And they might cost a little bit extra, but they can help you get more out of the time that you are spending. So if you do only spend 30 minutes at the gym, you're getting more out of that 30 minutes than you otherwise might. There are a ton of pre-workout fuels out there. I have mixed reviews of them, mostly because I don't like the way they taste. In fact, I hate the way most of them taste. I get that. <laughs> I'm the same way. It's also, some of them are very chemically, right? Like it's just, I can't pronounce the ingredients and so I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is a good pick. Well, they're so full of sugar alcohols and like some of them even have aspartame and things like that in them, which I think are health killers. So I prefer to keep them out of my microbiome. And D-ribose isn't one of those. It is sweet. It's great. It's from sugar. It's non-GMO, but you know, it's how your muscles use sugars so you don't store it as fat. That's great. That's a great tip too, by the way. Like it's been a while since I've had some D-ribose. I have had it in the past, little tubs of it. And uh, I usually put it in my smoothies usually, <laughs> but I didn't think about putting it in my coffee. I'm like, that's genius. Genius. <laughs> well, if you're getting some caffeine and a little D-ribose before a workout, it works great. I also, because I've doctored my smoothies and I understand from listening to your podcast that you have like a smoothie guide that you offer to your listening audience. I would love for you to share with us what one of your favorite smoothies is just so that you know our audience can hear how do you architect something like this how do you make it pleasurable what's your favorite wow okay so there's a few different ones the one that you know i've shared with people is like rosemary's baby and i know it's kind of a play on words there with a, a throwback to an, one of my favorite horror movies but uh basically it's got a sprig of rosemary in it 
you know, a little bit of ginger, bit of avocado. And sometimes I put blueberries in because blueberries are naturally very sweet. You know, it's got that nice sweetness to it and also gives a nice texture. And then I actually use a little bit of uh, cauliflower rice in my smoothies. I get the frozen stuff. You can buy it in the stores. You know, it's really easy, but it's interesting because it's low calorie, but yet it's got this very filling side of it, but it also gives that this really thick texture to the smoothie. And, you know, you blend all that up and people are like, wow, with a rosemary sprig, you blend that in. I'm like, yeah, try it. It's really cool. And it tastes so good. Like I was really surprised by it when we were sort of sampling that and trying it, especially my wife's a bit of a She's really good at that stuff. I'm less patient. My morning smoothie is probably less exciting for people because I put everything and the kitchen sink quite pretty much right in the smoothie, like into the Vitamix. And But I love like some of those ones because I find it's almost like a refreshing treat because sometimes I'll also put in a half scoop to a full scoop of my favorite protein as well, you know, or recovery mix. And again, my smoothies are typically, I'm aiming for about 500 calories. And that's just what I find for myself works really well, like that sort of level of calories. But I have to make sure that there's enough protein in there. Otherwise, I do find that the the blood sugar train gets a little bit out of control. You know, like you get that bit too much of a spike and then you inevitably get a bit of a crash. So you have to sort of play with it because I know that sometimes you look at recipes and it's sort of a fix for a certain amount. But I do invite people experiment a little bit. You might want to go maybe a three quarters of what a recipe calls for if it's your first time. See how your body feels, because if you're hungry, like 60 minutes, 70 minutes later, call it an hour and a quarter later, chances are the mix was off. You know, like you should have been able to sustain the blood sugar a little bit longer than that. But that's why we have to be willing to experiment. We all respond to some foods differently. There's certain foods I eat, I get a big inflammatory response. Meanwhile, my wife and my kids can eat it. They get nothing. Not a big deal. Yeah. Well, for me, because I try not to do all of those artificial flavors and sweeteners, I tend to get my proteins unflavored or if they are flavored, pretty clean and unsweetened. So I'll get a whey protein as a, for example, because I still do use whey that is unflavored, unsweetened, RBSD free, like really clean, regenerative, organic, just clean protein. And I'll mix that with, I like to put cranberries, blueberries, dark cherries, strawberries. So I pretty berry heavy in there, but only like three or four of each of the small fruits, so to speak. So it's not like overpowering. And then some chia seeds and for sweetness, sometimes I'll throw in stevia or sometimes a half a scoop of another one of the flavored proteins I have that have some sweetness to them. And then if I'm feeling like I I need an extra calorie boost or a little extra sugar to my life, I'll throw in like a third of a frozen banana, right? And all in all, at the end of the day, this protein shake comes out with about 25 grams of protein and is under 300 calories, generally speaking, because the berries are actually really low in total calories, but they are very dense in their antioxidants and phytonutrients. I did recently read, however, that even a little bit of a banana reduces the benefit that you get from the berries, which kind of broke my heart. And that's why recently I've stopped doing as much banana and just using a little stevia if I want to sweeten it a little bit. And what I find is that this is very satisfying, very filling, The chia adds both omega oils and also some fiber, so it makes it filling for longer. The cranberries, the frozen cranberries, add a little tartness, so it's got more complexity to it. But now I'm thinking about throwing rosemary sprig in there too to see what that tastes like. Just to experiment, you know, or or some ginger. I love ginger in my smoothies. I always find it's good. Oh, ginger is great in just about everything. I love that. It's pretty good, you know. And then if I want like a real treat, I'll sometimes use cacao nibs some peanut butter, half a banana, 
maybe a scoop of chocolate protein. I, I use plant-based proteins just because of whey tends to give me a bit of an inflammatory response most of the time. So, but that mixed in with some ice cubes, you know, it's incredible. It's a nice little treat. So it's that chocolate peanut butter combo. You can't go wrong with it. And, and you don't, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Anyway, I love smoothies. And I just think it's such a simple way for people to really just give this influx of nutrition to your body. And your body thanks you for it. It really does. You know, the mental clarity, the focus, the energy, those are all confirmation that you just did something great for yourself. And my invitation to people is just pay attention. Be mindful of how your body thanks you, how it tells you and reinforces, yes, this is good. Because if you just keep making decisions that provide that sort of immediate response, you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to do absolutely fine. And I think that's all to be able to be that self-aware. But I do also recognize we get distracted, easily distracted nowadays. There's lots of things fighting for our attention. That's certainly true. Well, I encourage all of our listeners to check out your new podcast, new-ish, I should say, right? It's about three months old as we were recording this. And you are bringing incredible guests on. You have your Monday and Friday kind of lowdowns to inspire people and to round out their week. And so I think that this is all going to be a great asset and tool for people. I encourage them to also check out your social channels as I can see your heart is in sharing what you know with your community. And I really appreciate that too. Now, as we prepare to wrap, um, I have a final question for you. But before we get there, I want to remind everyone that you can get an extra 10% off at orlonutrition.com. We've touched on omega-3s and how important they are for total health here. And Orlo's omega-3s are three times better absorbed than fish oil. They are the most sustainable omega-3s available on the planet grown regeneratively in Iceland using only green energy and the power of photosynthesis. So we're using today's energy to create something truly beautiful that your body can recognize and enjoy. So all you have to do is use the coupon code NWC at checkout and you will get an extra 10% off your order. And this includes our subscriptions. So that could be up to 25% off your first order of Orlo Nutrition. Just go to orlonutrition.com and use the coupon code NWC at checkout. Okay, so we like to leave our audience with a few thoughts about what they can do differently today to impact their health and their health journey tomorrow and through the rest of their days. What would you like to see more folks do on their wellness journeys starting right now if they haven't already? Well, let's talk about the mindset just for a second. You know, it's really all about I often relate to this as the muscle between the ears, but I had a neuroscientist that was in the crowd when I was doing this keynote to a bunch of doctors came out to me afterwards and goes, hey, I think, you know what? It's not a muscle, it's an organ. I'm like, dude, I know that. I know that, you know, like it's called, a, you know, anyway. So I know, okay, just I'm full disclosure. I know it's an organ, but let's just pretend it's like a muscle because it's one of those things like your body. You got to use it, you're going to lose it. And it's just one of those things. We can condition it like anything else. We can strengthen our mind, our mental aptitude, our focus, our ability just to look at the world and look at ourselves differently. But it has to start somewhere. We have to start. You got to start doing things that proactively move you forward not backward, because trying to stay still never works, okay? It doesn't work. And so my invitation is to really think about what is it that you're doing? And I invite you to, to think about this. Nike has a great slogan, just do it. Now, that's great. I want to ask you to reframe it. I want you to start focusing on celebrating that I just did it. It's subtle. I'm sure I'm going to get a cease and desist from Nike one of these days, but regardless, but this idea of I just did it because we're actually celebrating ourselves, the fact that we did the thing that we said was important to us. We followed through on a commitment. 
We're being integral to ourselves, integral to our health, integral to our well-being. But the coolest thing is all of us learn through two things, mentorship and modeling. If you're a parent, you've got little kids that see everything that you do. Well, let them start seeing you do things that are great for you and good for your family, good for your local community, your global community, and celebrate that I just did that. And if every day you can celebrate, I just did one thing for myself today, oh, you know, that changes the world. It really does, I know, and uh, and that's what I'd like to leave people with today. Is just forget about trying to just do it. Just celebrate that you just did it. Well, I love that. And what did we just do here, Di? <laughs> we, we just had an awesome conversation, and I absolutely love this, and I can't <laughs> wait. And, and I'm putting this on the record right now. You're going to be on my show very shortly, so I'm, I'm super excited having you on my podcast, and then I get to fire all the questions at you. <laughs> yeah, you'll, I'll be able to share whatever I I'm able to about my journey with omega-3s and perhaps some of my experience as a someone who's trained for and run marathons as well. But I'm really in the effort of full transparency and vulnerability here, sharing even about my present health journey because I let myself get a little bit too fluffy because I was working too hard too constantly and going to grad school and not making time for me, doing all the things wrong that you mentioned at the beginning of this, not making that 30 minutes or more for myself a day. And so 2024, the end of 2023 has been all about that recommitment to myself and my own personal health. And what I will tell the audience in closing here too, is this week, my house got hit with influenza A. And so my son, who's nine years old, got hit hard. He had a fever most of the weekend and had to be out for most of the week for the school week. I got it too. And for me, it really just manifested in my nasal passage is super annoying. And I sneezed a lot and I'm still possibly in a little bit of recovery there. But because of the fact that I have been so committed to my health journey, I'm getting the right nutrition in. It's my humble belief that I'm recovering from it much, much more quickly. And that's the reason I didn't get hit as hard as my nine-year-old who probably relies a little bit too much on the carbohydrate food intake than I'd like him to. So I've been bolstering myself with Orlo's immunity, which is, you know, vitamin D3 and some B vitamins with spirulina to help my immune system. I've been taking my Q immune, which is another supplement that I really like and heading my omega-3s and making sure I keep the protein coming in even when I didn't have much of an appetite. So uh, following the protocol, doing the things that we talked about today can help you get through these rough patches too. And so that's something I just want to remind everyone is these habits today help you tomorrow. We're all bound to confront health challenges throughout our lives. If we seed ourselves correctly, if we provide the right building blocks, then we will be able to not only survive, but also to thrive. And I think that's everybody's real mission here. So thank you so much for joining me today, Di. Thank you. I mean, what you do is freaking awesome. And I just want everybody that's listening or viewing this, this podcast is epic. Like it it's, goes deep on some subject matter that is so accessible to all of us. We just start looking at things differently. And so thanks for being a great role model and example of what's possible. And also the vulnerability uh, that always gets me right here in the feels, uh, you know, as I pound my tart here and thank you. Just thank you so much. It was just a wonderful opportunity to be here today. And oh, I hope we get to do this again sometime. Yes, anytime, Di. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. What a great episode with Di Manuel. I'm so pleased to have encountered him on this journey to also have discovered his podcast. And I encourage you to give it a listen too. As always, I'll be sure to include links to where you can find out more about Di Manuel and also his podcast, The 2% Solution, 30 Minutes to Transform Your Life. 
This will be included in our show notes on whatever podcast platform you're picking this up, but will also be detailed in our expanded blog at orlonutrition.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope that you'll subscribe. And while you're at it, leave us a review, a star rating, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment. All of these things help us to reach more people. At the end of the day, that's what we're here to do. We're trying to transform people's health journey to make it something that is truly enjoyable so that we can not just survive, but thrive. Each of these actions really helps. As we close today's show, I hope that you will join me as I raise a cup of coffee and say to you my closing words, here's to your health. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs because nutrition shouldn't be an either-or.